And all throughout the years I never strayed from you, my dear But you suspect I'm somewhere else You're feeling sorry for yourself Even with a broken heart I love you even still But if I can't change your mind Then no one will Welcome, everyone. This is another episode of That Record Got Me High. I am your host, Rob Elba. It's great having you all here once again. And I have a guest, Raven. She was a, she's able to uh, connect, even though there, there's a, a snowstorm uh, looming, bearing down on her as we speak. But uh, for now, we're still connected. I'd like to welcome to the show Elizabeth McCullough, a.k.a. Alpha Cat, right? Correct? I guess that's what <laughs> happened. Is that okay? Uh, Alpha Cat, and uh, I just want to mention her uh, Alpha Cat's latest release is the mini album Venus Smile on Aquamarine Records. And uh, you can go to uh, alphacat.band slash music and check that out. And I did. I actually I, I downloaded it and I've been listening to it. Uh, and it is indeed really great. It, it's great, Elizabeth. I'm, uh, I'm enjoying it. It's good stuff. Well, thank you. Did you donate? Did you download Venus Smile or Venus Smile Retrograde? Because Retrograde is the one where I remixed and remastered. Yeah, and it's got the RX after some of the things. That's the one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, that's what I got. Yeah, no, it sounds great. I mean, it sounds uh, excellent. And I'll definitely, uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to I'll play some clips in there. But uh, yeah, it sounds great. And so this is a. Uh, Something I guess that uh, that you were working on and then sort of reworked on again, right? Revisited. Yeah, my my partner who mixed and mastered all of my stuff. You know, we had released one single and and then he died, and oh, I was kind sorry. of left mourning and you know trying to figure out like the amount of time that I needed and that his wife needed before she could try to get me what he had. Right. Was unfinished, and what he could have finished in half a day took me three or four months. And I felt a hurry because we released the single in July of 21, and it was already into 2022. And so I felt like I had to get it out, and then I don't know, I decided to not give up on it and to remix it and I, in the process I realized that the bottom end was way 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 too big uh, right. I love a big bottom but that was that was it was too much so I I may have gone a little too far in, in the right direction with my correction of that but um, I did the best I could because I, in the end we couldn't use any of his files except for the last masters that he sent me. Uh, okay. And I ended up having to do it in GarageBand, which, believe me, is not ideal. Uh, no, but I mean, it sounds great. It it really does sound great, and it's definitely. Uh... I would definitely recommend people checking it out. Like I said, it's alphacat.band, right? That's the that's the official website of Alpha Cat. That's true, yes. 
All right. Awesome. All right. But Elizabeth, we're not here to talk about that as although it's great and I'm going to play, I'll play on the outro. I'll play some more stuff from it. But uh, I asked Elizabeth what the record she was going to bring. And I was really excited because this is probably in my top, I don't know, it could be top 10, top 20 uh, albums of all time. But what are we, what are we talking about? Well, we're talking about Sugar's record, Copper Blue. And it's something that I... A friend of mine said, you have to hear this song. It played in the Hoover Band. Oh, okay. Blown away. And I broke my three-song rule, which is that if a record has three good songs on it, I'll buy it. But, if it, but the exception to the rule is that there's one song that's so unbelievably great that it's impossible that this person can't write other great songs. Oh, okay, okay. And so you only record. heard that song and, and you uh, and you bought the record just on the I did, yes. I get it. And was this in? Was this around when it came out in '92? Uh, no, it was afterwards. It yeah. was okay. All right. So just real quick, I want to mention uh, it's the debut studio album uh, album of Sugar, which was released in September 1992. But for those uh, most people would know that it, this is Bob Mould's band Sugar and his previous band Husker Du, uh, who released their final studio album uh, in 1987. So my first question, Elizabeth, is were you a Husker Du fan at all? You know, I had met them um, and I'd seen them play and I was not. You know, there were certain bands that I would photograph that that I was really into their music and then there were certain bands that I would watch the music but I didn't remember any of it. Like I remember hanging out but I don't remember the music. And right. I because Husker Du didn't really have a lot of melody to the, what they did. And I think what the trans the transition of this is that there is melody. There's clear, like, emotional lyrics. Well, they're not that clear all the time in terms of listening, but right. um, like, it's like the perfect blend of punk and pop, and I love both, but like I'm a pop hound at, in the end, and right. to have the punk and pop blend, you know? Yeah. And and I would as me I I, I was a huge Husker Du fan and uh, right from the beginning so I would push back a little on on the fact that not melody the thing with Husker Du is a lot of it was buried a little buried more melody there was melody in there but it was buried. the onslaught and the guitars and the noise it's definitely more apparent in sugar but but that's uh but i also realized that i know there are a lot of people that just sort of discovered bob mould with sugar because this album when this came out uh in 1992 
it this album did really well and and it's just you know at the at the end of the day too it's just such a great album and it has and it sounds so great and it has so many great songs on it but this will be interesting because we have you who you just be you're a huge fan of this album and and, and so I'm assuming you're a fan of uh, Bob Mould and his songwriting and his singing right uh, yes yes absolutely and I and I wish I had time I realized when I was doing my research that he had done a couple of really melodic records solo between Husker Du and um, this record. And I want to go and listen to those, but I haven't had a chance. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's fine. Yeah, and there, and there are different. Workbook uh, he did in 1989, and Workbook was more like folk uh, acoustic. He did Black Sheets of Rain in 1991, which was which was heavier and angrier. But this is, like you said, I think you said uh, perfectly what it is. It's emotional, but it's got the perfect blend. It still has that punk, and it's got and it's so heavy and visceral, but it's beautiful too because it's got just so many great melodies in it, right? Melodies and like flourishes of sound. Yeah, and yeah, right, right. The way his guitars go, you know, it, in certain places, and you know, the, the backwards playing of on more than one song. Yeah, I realize like it's clear on Hoover Dam that things are going backwards, but there's a theme running through this record that I hadn't realized if I hadn't done this deep dive on it. Ah, okay. Yeah, well, that's interesting because definitely I want to, we're going to obviously dig into the lyrics and we're going to dig into what's going on. But I also just want to point out, I think, I think he did want at this point, he, you know, he was in Who's Do for all those years. So he did his solo albums, but this, you could, as much as it's, it's his Bob Mould and his songs, this is a band too, because he's got Dave Habarby on bass and Malcolm Travis uh, who I was a fan of uh, on drums because uh, he played in uh, when I was living up in Boston, uh, Human Sexual Response and the Zulus. A band. I knew him from Human Sexual Response. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah, you and they were great. And the Zulus, I loved when I lived up in Boston. The Zulus were like the shit. And then Bob Mould actually produced their uh, their album, their uh, uh, debut album. But they're so they're just this uh, really solid unit, you know, band, and yeah. and that just would that brings everything over the top too. Just because the whole yeah the whole record is just so it's just so in your face and like I said visceral and yeah like you were saying the sounds that they get and the sounds that come at you and and it's so like it's so like layered. There's so much going on, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um. And I don't know. So and and I had uh, when I had heard this, 
uh, I guess his book, uh, he he has a book called um, See a Little Light. and I've got to get that. Autobiography. Yeah, it's great. It's not an easy read, though. It's a, it's a tough read because it's, I'm sure, I think he's mellowed out now, but it's definitely by a, a man that has a lot of anger, you could tell, and was still dealing, trying to work through his anger. And that's kind of like, I feel like this record is that, too. Well, I think that, you know, I, you know, knowing what I know of him, I think that probably a lot of that anger came from the fact that he was gay in a punk world. Yeah, right, right, right. That, that, that struggle of trying to balance both, you know. Oh, yeah, that's a big part. Yeah, that's a big part of the book and big part of his, you know, struggles. And it, and uh, it's it's nice now. Thankfully, now in reading about him, it's something he's completely come to terms with now and is comfortable with. But it took a really it took him a really long time. And he's working, you know, I think he was working through it with his music, uh, which is amazing. Uh, that you have this, these songs that are so great, but also so have, some of them are really heavy, you know? This record is dark. Yeah, it is. <laughs> this is a dark fucking record. Like, you know, even when I was listening to songs that I thought were kind of more upbeat, go, getting into the lyrics, I'm like, holy shit. Right? I, I know. All right, so when you got, all right, so you got this record because you, you heard that song, Hoover Dam. So w- what did you think? Were you like, uh, were you just like blown away right away? Because it just starts, I mean, we're going to get into the record right now and, and just the way it opens up and the way it starts, it like, it basically hits you over the head, right? Absolutely, it does, yes. It grinds right in. Yeah. Right in. So were you okay with it right away? Were you kind of taken aback? Were you expecting more uh, like something maybe lighter, a little lighter than what you got? Oh, not at all. No. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, well, you already knew. You, you already knew. I was in from like song one. Right. Yeah. So, let, all right. Let's, uh, yeah, let's get into it. Let's start listening to the opener. Like I said, what an opener. I get uh, sort of a, a relationship. Obviously, a lot of these songs are, uh, you know, relationship based, but it's kind of, it sounds like it's trivializing them to say that. I don't know about that. I don't think it's trivializing them at all. I mean, he's talking about. Oh, no, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean he was. Tri- I, I meant it's me making it sound trivial when I say, oh, they're they're just relationship songs. That's what I meant. I, I oh, meant me okay. saying that yeah. is like true because they're yeah, they're much heavier. And especially this one has this menacing, just a menacing take on basically like, what is this? This is sort of like the walls that that we hide behind sometimes to obscure ourselves. And uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's let uh, let's listen to the opening a uh, little bit of the act. We act. <laughs>
Yeah, so right away, I mean, now you're nothing more than a passerby. That's the quote I wrote down. Oh, nice. <laughs> but then there's the uh, the act we act bleeds under my skin. Yep, the act we, we wear it thin again. Yeah, so brutal, right? Brutal. It's very brutal. Like, he clearly had difficulty with relationships. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, clearly, but just so, uh, just so laid bare out there, and and also just to just to, for a second to focus on just the sound of it. Like I wish, as a huge Who's Do fan, no Who's Do album ever sounded as good as these these drums and bass sound on this thing. It's like it's a shame, but it just sounds so good. And uh, and uh, that was the one thing Who's Do always great, and I love their songs, but a lot of times. A lot of their early SST stuff was mixed by Spot, uh, this guy Spot, and it's just terrible. It's like the the songs were so good that they, you know, the fact it, it didn't matter how crappy it sounded sometimes, they still shone through. But uh, something like this, which uh, Lou, are you familiar with Lou Giordano at all, who produced this? Not really. Yeah, he was uh, Boston. He ran Fort Apache Studios in uh, Boston, and. Uh, he produced this, and uh, yeah, it just the whole record just sounds amazing. Yeah, I know. It's, it's yep. So it starts out dark, and then what happens? It gets even a little darker, right? In this, uh, in the next one, which uh, I don't, I, I don't know if you're aware or familiar with the band that that this definitely sounds like at first, and that it's aping a little, I think. But uh, we'll talk about it. Let's listen to it first. Listen to a little bit of a good idea. Anyone who was into indie rock at the time would say when it opened up that uh, who does who did it sound who does it sound like when it first starts out with that bass? Gosh, I don't know. Sounds like the Pixies. <laughs> like, really? 
Sounds like the Pixies, and it's and it's and it's funny because uh, who's uh, Pixies? Famously, they found Kim Beal because they put an ad and they said uh, they were looking, and she was the only one that answered it. And they said looking for someone into Who's Kadu and uh, Peter Paul and Man. <laughs> that was their thing. So it's just kind of inter- interesting how a band like the Pixies were obviously influenced by Bob Mould and Who's Kadu, and now. Bob Mould is uh, appreciated them and appreciated their that sound, and he was he's sort of aping them in the song. I mean, I think I, for me, I, it's, I'm also a big Pixies fan. It's pretty obvious. Anyway, it, so the song is what it's like a murder by the river song, right? Well, I, it's a murder of a woman who wants to be dead. Ah, see, I was going to ask you, I was wondering if you thought, because this song always felt like kind of an outlier to me from the album. Like it's not really of the rest of the record, but, but it, is. It, it is. All right. So go ahead. Let me, let me hear your, your deep dive. Well, there's other, there's a lot of other kind of death and um, suicide songs on this record, like put it bluntly. Right. It just speaks to the struggle, you know, and, that, and this one, like, listening to it over and over again and reading the lyrics, it sounds like this woman was in love with him and she realizes she can never be with him because he's gay and she wants to be dead. So she'd rather be dead. Okay. That's pretty good, actually. That was a takeaway that I got from it. Like, I could be projecting... I had gay boyfriends when I was young, you know. Like, okay, okay. Yeah, no, that's uh, that. Gay, gay flirtations, if you want to call them that. Right, right. And they have that, well, flirtations, that's, that's, that's in the song itself. Yeah, and she's saying, uh, yeah, so it's a good, yeah, yeah. That's a good idea because I don't I don't want to be I, I don't want to be in this world anymore I don't want to be without you. That that's really interesting because because the one thing about this song is it mentions actually uh, gender and you know it's a guy and a girl because if you notice nothing else on the album does he's very yeah he's very careful with the rest of the record it could be any it could be anyone you know there's they're very gender neutral except for the song but yeah that's great that's interesting I was wondering. I, I didn't think this song could be tied into him as a more personal thing, but I, I guess that, that that makes a lot of sense. Well, it's funny because I I didn't realize it until, you know, like the third listening recently and, um, you know, having been in love with gay men, you know, in love, in quote marks, you know, now you're in love when you're in your 20s, but... Um, right. And especially someone like him that was confused when he was younger. He wasn't, you know, he was confused or just sort of not ready to come to terms with it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, those were the guys I dated. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> it's, it's I mean, tough. I, I was never driven to suicide by any of them. I hope none of them more by me. But. Yeah, hopefully not. Let's hope not. Um, all right. So changes. This next one changes. As heavy, like I said, it, it, the amazing thing about this record to me is that it's heavy. It's it's so heavy, but it also feels uh, personal, so extremely personal and vulnerable. And you know what I was thinking, uh, Elizabeth? Almost emo, almost like like pre-emo, because a lot of this is very emotional, but it's just so like such such heavy-handed emotion that it's uh but you, you know it, it, it's still there that emotion is there right that's all it is yeah I mean, right raw like raw I, emotion, I feel right? like relating it to the emo quote that's the second time i've used air quotes yeah right. 
<laughs> That's all right. They could see I, them. I'm sorry. I hate, I hate people who do that. <laughs> um, I feel like it diminishes it. Uh, right. That's why I sort of, I, I, I cringe a little when I said almost, I said, dare I say almost email, but yeah. But uh, it's anyway, uh, aside from all that, it's a great song. Let's listen to a little bit of changes. I want something like I remember and I want something that lasts forever. I remember times you said that you'd be true to me. Look at how the weather's changing. So I yeah, he's talking about someone something specific, right? And he's talking about some uh someone. It seems, um, yes. It seems to me that this the quote love songs, I'm doing it again. Right. Um in this record are all about either somebody not being true to him or somebody suspecting yes this is, it, it lie it lays more on the side of this which is that somebody's suspecting he's not true to them but he is right you can't change their mind and why don't you trust me yeah why, why don't you trust me i love you why can't you just trust me yeah yeah and and then just uh musically just like just now listening like when it first starts that little uh guitar uh that that high guitar intro and then the bass i i never realized before that the bass is, comes in on two with a part and it's just so beautiful until it kicks in it's like uh, so well done i yeah yeah I picked this record for a reason. Yeah, exactly. All right. So uh, with Helpless, we get more relationship angst, right? And um, yeah, yeah. yeah, This, uh, like you were saying, this much of it, it has this feel of of, like people caring about each other, but not being on the same page about things, right? That makes a really good, that's a really good way of putting it. Yes. Ah, Well, thank you. All right. Let's listen to Helpless.
just like uh, it, it's like kind of sad. It's like tragic. It's like he's, uh, you know, all these songs about people just not quite connecting on the same page emotionally for some for one reason or another. Yeah. Well, the thing I took away from this was that he was trying to help someone who was beyond help. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, because he says that he says, I, "I I wish that I could help you, but you seem less than helpless." Yeah. Exactly. Uh, um. And uh, so, Elizabeth, did you read at all about how, like, the songs on this record came about? Because it's kind of interesting. The, uh, the, he had done his two solo albums, and then something happened with his management where he got kind of screwed out, where he suddenly didn't didn't own uh, his songs anymore. So, right. Yeah. So, so all he had was himself. He figured, well, I, I could go out and tour, and he did that. He started touring solo and just writing these songs and just playing them solo. Uh, you know, just playing a guitar, a lot of times electric, uh, sometimes acoustic, but a lot of times electric, but just him, and just working through these songs. And it's, I think that's, uh, so by the time they got to this, he had a whole bunch of songs, and, uh, and they picked these. So, I mean, that's why, I guess, why this record has got like 10 perfect, almost perfect songs, right? I mean, there's not anything you would take out. <laughs> no, that's the beauty of this record. It's like a continuous... Journey, yeah, know. yeah, it is. Right, so you got, all right, so now we finally get to the song that sucked you in. Now, who was the person, how did someone know to play this song to you? Well, he knew the kind of music I was into, and he knew I loved music more than anything, as I always have. And he was in a band, <laughs> he was in a band when he was um, younger called Bad Death. Oh, bad death. Okay. And I, I um, played with him some, and he played. You know, he helped me write, not write it, but like flesh out one of the songs that I've recorded. He played it for me, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. All right. There's a lot to unpack because the, the lyrics are very interesting on this one, and almost like a fever. To me, the lyrics in this are almost more like a dream than something to be taken so literally. But we could discuss it. Let's listen to a little bit of Hoover Dam. <laughs> Aside from everything else, the, the music in this one is just so inventive and so pretty. I didn't even get, I'll play underneath later when the keyboards come in and that part, but just the, even the opening, the way it sounds, it's just, uh, 
It's really awesome. But all right. So well, who, would, who would think of playing a snare drum backwards? Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. And there's a lot. Yeah. Like you said, there's a lot through this uh, album with uh, playing around with things backwards and forward. And it just works. It, none of it ever sounds gimmicky. It just works really good. Yeah. All right. So what do you think about this Hoover Dam? What is he? Because this song's all over the place because he's talking about the Hoover Dam. But then he's also talking about the Mississippi washing my way down to New Orleans. So what's going on? Well, overall, I think it's a suicidal fantasy song. Ah, okay, okay. And the same friend that introduced me to this song, we went climbing to this really high cliff upstate where I am now. And it was just this vast vista below us. And he said, do you ever get the feeling like you should probably jump? Oh, no. (laughs) And it, it was like it not not in a suicidal way, but just in a like there's this open space way. Okay. And we decided I can't remember him. I think it was him that named it Vertigon. Ah. As Vertigo. Right. But I also noticed with this song, and then listening to others, the other songs through again and again. There's the steam of water. There's the steam of the river. Yes, yes. Um, and water is emotions. That's what it symbolizes. Right. So it's it's like you can take it as a literal, like he's on the edge of the Hoover Dam thinking about jumping in, which anybody who's been there, and I also thought about this, like how many people have been to the Hoover Dam, but then you think how many people have been to Las Vegas and need something to do in the daytime other than be drunk. Yeah, that's how I that that that's how I saw the Hoover Dam. <laughs> I mean, I saw it. I came up from it at night from below and drove through it when it was only like fairy lights around it. Oh, so, okay, nice. Me, that was one of my peak experiences of my life. Right. And I went back more recently and saw it in the daytime and it's still spectacular but like standing on the edge of the hoover dam is not a metaphor for somebody being happy with their life no right yeah that's true that's true and also yeah i I think you're pretty much on especially with the whole water uh metaphor but also elizabeth another thing i thought of is maybe he's using the hoover dam because it's about struggling to the Hoover Dam is a metaphor for all these emotions that he's that he dammed up in himself. That's finally getting out. <laughs> that's you know the the, the dam yeah, is bursting. Yeah, that's a great thing. <laughs> uh, I don't know, Bob. Uh, he could uh, he could contact me and tell me I'm full of shit. But you know we're allowed to, we're allowed to uh, speculate on songs the way we want. Hey, to, when right? you put your music out in the world, it's open. I think yeah, yeah. And, and I think he would. Uh, I think Bob would uh, agree and he would understand. But I, I think the Hoover Dam, you know, what you made me think was of all the men that worked building it and how many of them must have died. Oh, right, right, right. Falling into that gigantic chasm. Right. Yeah, well, like you said, it's definitely not a metaphor for someone that's just all, all happy and sunny, for sure. That's for sure, yeah. <laughs> All right, and speaking of that, now we get to the de- devastating, probably the heaviest song on the whole record, the uh, Slim, right? Wouldn't you say? Um, it's a toughie. It's a toughie, it really is. And yet, it, it's one of the f- few songs on the record that starts with just clean, 
guitar, like the jangly guitars of REM or something. Oh, right. Oh, well, that's, but that's his thing. That's always his thing. He's always been able to, you know, no matter how dark or, uh, you know, something is, he's got the bright uh, juxtaposition, something like a really bright melody or bright guitar to, uh, to, you know, contrast it against. And that's part of the genius Mm -hmm. of him, right? And I'm a fucking sucker for that i know me too me too same i mean that's what i do so (laughs) yeah yeah well uh, yeah i I love it uh all right let's listen to we'll talk about it some more let's listen to the slim got it from his book or i read where that the uh the slim was slang for aids like back in the day before they really talked about it they uh they could call it really? the, the slim yeah so yeah so i think it's about uh losing someone to aids and i don't think it's about someone specific but it's just supposed to be obviously i'm sure he lost many friends to you know to, to aids and man the lyrics are just devastating i with your breath on my pillow i with the memory i get to wait it out never put it away when you left with your death, I felt anger when I looked back on my pillow, what you used to say. Yeah, it's just like, it's really sad and heavy and uh, yeah, dark. But there's also the uh, bit about it's a matter of time, your projection. No, your protection, my ejection. Yes, yes. My rejection, yes. your death. So it's kind of this also the struggle about this person he's with is rejecting him in order to protect him. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, that's uh man, it's uh it's great. And then uh yeah, and and, and it, yeah, it's just sad. At the end he says to honor and obey, to cherish and to worship in sickness and in health for richer poor for anything till death do his part. I mean, yeah, he, he has that at the end. And um yeah, like I said, it's nice. I I I feel like he's definitely just come to terms with who he is now and now he's a advocate he's a, he was a big advocate for uh you know gay marriage and just being you know and 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 being who you are and 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 you know that was hard for someone like him like you said coming up in the punk world it was and and he didn't realize till later that there were there there were people that 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 were out and that and that were able to celebrate it right away but he just wasn't that guy at first. sing if you're glad to be gay sing if you're happy that way Hey, say if you're glad to be 
Yeah, it took him a lot. Uh, took him a lot longer. But it seems like everybody has their own struggle. Yeah, yeah, sure. What their their family upbringing was, or right. their oh, environment. Yeah. All right, so now if if I can't change your mind, this to me is like a perfect pop song. You said you're you're a sucker for pop songs, right? Wouldn't you say this is just absolutely? <laughs> it's so good, and it's about and again, it's about loving someone uh, un- unconditionally, basically through uh, you know mistakes and and, and mis- We have these misunderstandings again, right? There's so many misunderstandings in his relationships. But it's like you know this. Uh, it's again another person suspecting him of cheating when. He's not right. I know exactly, but um, and and the lyrics in this in this one, it's interesting. When I'm reading them, they're really simple. They're simple and very earnest. But that, to me, it makes it power even more powerful. The fact that you're just so simple and earnest, earnest in this yeah. one, you know. And it's just such a pretty song. Uh, all right, let's listen to "If I Can't Change Your Mind." <laughs> it but he's it's basically him all the voices i think on this are him and he he does a really good job uh harmonizing with himself and adding it right wouldn't you agree yeah it's an interesting kind of harmony because it's very close to the lead yes yes exactly you know when i when i do harmonies i'd like to find things that are more like csny like but the the fact that he can harmonize so close to his lead means that he can sing more harmonies with more lines and it builds the song up to a bigger feeling yes yeah i i I knew i couldn't put my finger on but you're exactly right what it is that was a little different about the way he does it and harmonizes himself but it works for his voice it works great it works perfectly yeah and uh i don't know have you ever seen the video did you see the video for this song that they made back in the day i did not all right well it's interesting because it's kind of it was kind of the first coming out him sort of coming out very subtly because in the video it's just they show uh it it shows the band going back and forth but it also shows pictures polaroid pictures of different people and different couples and right at the end he holds up a polaroid picture of him and his partner at the time his then partner and then he turns it over and it says there's a note on it says this is not your parents world 
And it's wow. just very subtle right at the end of it. But uh, it's great. I would definitely uh, recommend watching it out. And also, I went down a rabbit hole. Do you ever, Elizabeth, do you go down rabbit holes with songs? Like, I'm curious. I'm like, this is such a good song. I wonder who covered it. And like a lot of people have actually covered it. And there's some really good covers. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, and the uh, there's a band called the Decemberists. Are, are you familiar with them? No. Oh, really good band, the Decemberists. And they do an AV Club thing where like there's five of them, five acoustic guitars all strumming it and them singing. And it's really good. <laughs> it's a good version. So. So, uh, I, no. yeah, I, 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 I went down a, if I can't change your mind rabbit. Oh, <laughs> have you ever thought, uh, do you do covers or do you, uh, I occasionally do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did it more live than recording wise. Right. Like, have, have you ever thought about doing uh, something from this record? I have not. I've thought about writing songs in the vein of this. Record. Oh, okay. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> um, or a song. There was one song I wrote underneath the title, you know, in the vein of sugar. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's great. I love that. I'm a big fan of that, actually. And, and as I was saying, that's something I think he did because bands, it's really interesting because bands like Nirvana and the Pixies that were influenced by Husker Du, you could tell he was inspired by them uh in doing this and and his sound you know just sort of uh the sounds i got and also my bloody valentine which we're going to get to which he was also a big fan of and there's a song on here coming up that that definitely sounds like that but first uh fortune teller is definitely reminds me of a more who's could do like like a little heavier more like who's could do type song and once again what's it about elizabeth about trying to figure out what's going on with your partner in this relationship well i think it goes back to the person that doesn't trust him. Right. <laughs> okay. That damn, they the just don't trust him. Unforgiving. Right. All right. Well, let's listen. We'll talk about it. Let's listen to it. Let's listen to a little bit of Fortune Teller. Yeah, you know, Elizabeth, reading the lyrics now, I think you're right. I think it's this, the, the person, again, in the relationship just doesn't trust him and is, yeah, and, and is leaving him because, and he doesn't understand. He's confused. Like, a, a part of me stands confused again, watching it slip right through my hands. Why do all these people not trust him? I know. See, I'm, I'm thinking maybe, maybe. Obviously, is so <laughs> loyal. You, maybe, but I don't know. Who, who are we to say, Elizabeth? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think he could write these songs and not be loyal. <laughs> well, that's nice. That's very nice of you to. And I think you know. I think you attract people that you know. It, it makes me think back to like childhood. You attract people that 
repeat the cycles of your childhood. So, right, right, right. I'm, I, I'm not a psychologist, although I did train to be one. Okay. <laughs> um, for a little while. I feel like he, he probably, and this is just, I'm venturing a guess, his parents didn't trust each other and his father maybe or his mother cheated and, you know, that that's where that mind frame, that's where that, that karma comes from. I think you're right. Yeah. Like I said, read, read his book. There was all sorts of shit going on with his parents for oh, sure. Really? So, yeah, really? so. Oh, I never, <laughs> see, I never read his book, but. I actually do believe in the fortune tellers and the good ones, not the sham ones. Okay. <laughs> and, and I think he does too. I think he does too, or he wouldn't have written the song. Okay. Uh, yeah. he, he wouldn't have known to write the song right. if he hadn't been to them. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know what I mean? I'll buy Yeah, I'm, I'm on board. I'll buy it. All right, so uh, I mentioned My Bloody Valentine and, and particularly Loveless, their album Loveless, which was on uh, Creation, which is eventually, uh, which was the album that put the, uh, I mean, the label that put this out in England. But he was blown away by their album Loveless. <laughs> He's definitely incorporating a bit of that vibe, the Loveless vibe, in this song here. But it's great. I, I just I love when he does stuff like this because he still he you could tell he appreciates it, but he puts his stamp on it and it becomes him. You know, it becomes a, a Bob Mould song and a Sugar song. So right. uh, which I yeah, like I said, I have no problem with that. I like I, I I think people can do that. You get inspired. You know, you get inspired by different things and it inspires you. Like you said, you wanted to write a song. You were inspired by it, so you wanted to write a song like something that would fit on here, right? But there's nothing wrong with that, right? Well, I mean, if you even if you try to emulate it, I mean, I'd need a, a shit ton of producers and musicians who are like completely entrenched in sugar to write something that sounded anything like it. But... I can aim to get the feel. Right. You aim to get the feel. And then you usually you'll end up coming out with something that's you that maybe has the vibe a little, but that's still you. I mean, that's what we all do. We all steal from each other. Exactly. Yes. Yes. That's you no, know, I mean, he I don't know if you knew this, but he well, I think you do because you mentioned it earlier, but he kind of like with me putting out my records recently. I was inspired by Billie Eilish. I was like, it's not that her music is anything like mine, but it was like, now I have permission to pick this out. And apparently Nirvana did that for him. Right, exactly, exactly, yes. He was like, if Nirvana can make it work, so can I. Right. And it was, it was permission. Yeah, exactly. Because that was always the thing with uh, Who's Could Do. They were so, I mean, even when they went on, on, on a major label, they, they, they were still very fiercely independent. They did what they wanted to do, but they never could get over that hump. And then here's finally this band that got over the hump. And that's this very raw, you know, uh, heavy rock sound. But that became, you know, popular and and, uh, and kids loved it. And he was inspired by that. Yeah, which is awesome. And this, uh, yeah, so l- this next song, Slick, definitely uh, inspired, I think, by My Bloody Valentine. Let's listen to a little bit of Slick. Slick. 
Yeah, so kind of brutal lyrics, right? I hate your face. I hate the wall. I'm sick of staring at the wall. I hate the mirror with alcohol. There is no wall. But he he just had a car accident, and he's in this bed, and he's got this person taking care of him who he doesn't recognize, and it may be his lover, and it may be some complete stranger, but he's tired of being in the bed. He's tired of being... Oh, that's good. Yeah, because at the end he says, I want to get up and shake you loose. I want to be free of these machines. I w- oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good, Elizabeth. I think you're right. Did you read that somewhere yeah. or did you just pull that out of your ass? Well, I don't know <laughs> if it was my ass. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't have that. was crude. To pull it out of your head. I should have said. But, you know, it was like listening to it over and over and reading the lyrics. And it was just like. He's clearly been in an accident, and he's clearly in the bed, and he's got somebody taking care of him. He doesn't know who they are. You know, if you're trapped in this bed, I'm watching this show right now called Let the Right One In. I don't know if you've seen it. Yes, yes. This idea of, like, not wanting to be in the position you're in, but you can't help it because of events that have happened before, you know, so... That's good. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't I, I couldn't uh, decode what was going on here or figure it out, but I think that's very good. I think you I think you got it. And the whole song and, and the whole song does sound uh, kind of like a fever dream almost, you know? So uh yeah, that's really good. Yeah, and he's like um he says and leave a message by the door before you come in. Yeah, right. Like he just resents this person, be, not because he resents the person, but because of the situation yeah because of the situation right yeah exactly although there is this line that he says don't you know how it feels when it now it feels when you're driving so i think it's it's possibly that the person it's possible that the person who was driving the car was perhaps his lover perhaps his friend but they're the one that's taking care of him, but he doesn't recognize them anymore. Ah, uh, okay. That's good. I like that. All right. So we get the final song. Now, I feel like Man on the Moon, it just, maybe just by comparison, it is kind of a hopeful sounding in a way. That's exactly what I wrote. Like, I was like, it's the most, cl- it's the closest to upbeat on the record. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is not a high hurdle to, to to meet, but it is, and I think it's good. It was smart of them to put it on the uh, as the last song on the record, and uh, yeah, I, 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 it's it's really pretty too. And his uh, guitar playing—I know you had mentioned it a little, but just his guitar playing throughout this whole thing is so good, and especially on this one, uh, you know, everything just goes right where it should go, and it's and it's thick. And, and it's awesome. uh, all right, let's listen to a little bit of "Man on the Moon."
love it. You know, Elizabeth, this is actually the first time I'm listening to this in a long time in headphones, and it's like, it's a really good headphone record. Oh, man, I got to listen to it on headphones. Yes. <laughs> no, you do. You really do. Uh, there's just, yeah. I don't know why I didn't think of that. <laughs> All right. Well, now you, got, now you got some homework. I realized, I think, he might also be talking about global warming because he's saying space is the place. And at the end, he says, as the earth turns to sand. Oh, yeah. Uh, saying good, Yeah, it's the man on the moon saying goodnight to you if you're holding my hand as the earth turns to sand. Yeah, you're right. So I think it's actually a, an acknowledgement of global warming, like before most people were willing to do it. Okay, that's nice. Yeah. I mean, I, it's scary, but... <laughs> no, but that I, I think in a way it seems like he's finally, at the end of the album, he's looking outside. Like, it's so much so much of it is so uh, inside and, you know, about uh, things very close to him and deep to him that he's sort of looking outward a little. So, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. I, I think that's Yeah, right. it's like wishing on a star. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, you know, man on the moon, come take us away from this planet that's going to turn into sand. <laughs> right, exactly. I can't believe I've been doing this show five years and then someone finally picked uh, this album, Copper Blue. It's uh, I can't believe it took so this So you long. were aware of it a long time. Oh, yeah. No, like I said, I was uh, on board right from the beginning. Husker uh, Du fan, Sugar fan. And yeah, this is uh, definitely... Top twenty could be top ten, uh, and I'm really glad. Uh, I'm really glad someone finally pulled the trigger, and we got to talk about it. All right, so uh, Venus Smile is the is the newest release that you have out now, and uh, once again, it's on alphacat.band, uh, the website. On but Venus Smile Retrograde. Retrograde. Okay, nice. Uh, now, do you have any? Uh, do you have anything else? I, I, have you been working on anything else? Any uh, newer music? Um, I'm starting to write new records. I have a ton of lyrics I've written over the pandemic. Ah, uh, okay, nice. I'm getting my guitar chops back. Right. And I want to try to write differently this time. I want to try to write, you know, maybe with an electric guitar. You know, try to change it up a bit. I'm trying to do more collaboration. Well, more some collaboration. Right. The, the song writing itself, because every recording is a collaboration. Yeah, yeah, right. But I, I've always written all my songs myself, which is one of the things I admire about Bob, Bob Mould. Is you know, I love an artist that writes their own songs. Like when you see a song that's written and you look at the songwriters and like there's like 20 names oh i know i can't stand that. and you're like how how do you do that i know yeah I, I, trust me i'm uh, i'm totally on board with that yeah like seven literally seven that. eight writers i know what did someone write one come up Have with a word like 20 <laughs> yeah it's crazy it's like what the fuck I know. Like, I know. you can't write two lines for yourself. <laughs> I, I don't understand it. I think a lot of it is just a case of everyone's got to get a little piece, a little piece of the action, you know? So, I don't know. Well, that's the problem of being on a major label, which is why I would never be on one. Because they force you to do this shit because they want right. singles to sell. And they figure if they bring in all these songs. Yeah, let's bring in this guy. Let's bring in. Yeah, that the singles will sell. 
Well, thank God, uh, thank God, we're uh, we're on the on the fringes of all that, and we don't have to worry about all that, any of that crap, right? All right. Well, this was uh, this was awesome. It was a lot of fun, Elizabeth. Uh, don't forget, everyone. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at, at that record got me high. Also, that Facebook group got me high on Twitter. It's at TRGMH Podcast. Are you on Twitter? Does uh, AlphaCat have a Twitter thing? Yeah, I'm on all of them. Oh, you're on all of them. Okay, cool. I'll have you, uh, I'll, I'll put you, I'll get a little good guest profile from you. Are uh, your links there? Uh, you can email me at trgmh33 at gmail.com. All right, if uh, any of you want to become a patron of the show, just go to patreon.com forward slash trgmh. Uh, I would appreciate it. But thanks, everyone, for listening. I appreciate it. Elizabeth, thanks again. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you so much. Good luck with the snow. It, you know, wasn't what it was projected. <laughs> well, good. That's um, good. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you all next week. I'm Rob Elba. We're out of here. How can I explain away something that I haven't done? Can't trust me now, you'll never trust in anyone With all the crazy doubts you've got, I love you even still But if I can't change your mind, then no one will If I can't change your mind Someday you'll see I've been true to stay that way until But if I can't change your mind then no one will If I can't change your mind If I can't change your mind If I can't change your mind